0: Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 John chapter 5. <clears throat> 1 John chapter 5. We're continuing in our study of John's epistles 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. As we've mentioned, John's also responsible for one of the Gospels that we have in Scripture and also for the book of Revelation. But right here, we have collected together in our Bibles three letters that John wrote, and we see uh, how important these letters are, just as with every word of Scripture. And so I hope these um, classes or these lessons have been encouraging for you and hopefully educational. Tonight we're only going to look at a few verses. We'll keep it pretty short tonight, Um, and um, hopefully we will finish up, uh, if not next week, um, with 1st John, then two more weeks we will be done with 1st John, and then Lord willing we'll look at 2nd uh, and 3rd John to conclude our study on the epistles of John. So tonight we're going to look at 1st John 5, and we're going to look at verses, um, just verses 1 through 5, and see some of the things that John brings to our attention, to, or to his readers' attention, and uh, subsequently to us. Uh, as we know, John has, has covered uh, several uh, topics in this short letter. But one thing that, 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 that goes through is this rebuttal of those who are, are preaching and teaching false doctrine. John calls them antichrist, those who would go against the teaching of Christ. And there's also the uh, unmentioned, but, but certainly there, um, the Gnostics who John was, was teaching against, those who would hold some kind of um, perverted view about uh, the deity of Christ or the humanity of Christ. And so a lot, of his re- a lot of his writing is refuting that. And so we get right here to chapter 5 and verse 1. John again returns to that and lets his readers know uh, some things very matter-of-factly and very bluntly. So let's begin... Um, our reading here, and the title of this lesson I've titled it is Overcoming the World, and we'll get to that section here in just a moment. But um, <clears throat> John is going to focus in on um, belief, love, and obedience, and how those things are very important in uh, the life of a Christian, the life of one who would call himself a disciple of Christ. Uh, So let's begin by reading verses uh, 1 and 2 here in 1 John chapter 5. And we want to look at what it means to be born of God, as he mentions here in verse 1. So he says, chapter 5, verse 1 of 1 John, "...whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God, and observe his commandments. So starting off, let's look at some things here um, that are kind of inherent in the text, and and we can look at them and, and sum them up this way, as there's three tests for authentic Christianity. And what we mean by that is, if you look there in verse 1, it says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So the first test in this, um, this these three tests of authentic authentic Authentic, authentic Christianity, I can say it, uh, is a test of belief. So it says there, as we mentioned, Who believe, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. So what does that mean? It says um, the idea here that Jesus is the Christ. We ought to be um, as firm on that as, as, as anything. If we look at the prophecies about our coming Messiah, uh, the life that he lived, what it meant for him to be on this earth, the ministry that he gave while he was here, uh, the things that were written about him, his his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus is the Christ. And so the very foundation of our belief system um, hinges on that, understanding who Jesus Christ is and knowing that he is indeed the Christ. Inherent in that is the idea that also Jesus is the Son of God. If you look over in verse 5, it says there, And who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? As important as it is to recognizing that Jesus is the Christ, that Messiah, the one that would be appointed uh, to save the world, it's important to understand who he was and is. He is the Son of God. And it sounds very simple, but a lot hinges on that as well. Because that means, um, that gives us an idea of who he is. He is the son of God. And that's very important in understanding the relationships that a father and son have. The relationship that, um, and the love that a father would have to sacrifice his own son. All those things play into that. And so... As we um, test our Christianity, Jesus being the son of God is very, very important in our belief system. Also, and this speaks to, again, John addressing the Gnostics. Uh, There was one sect of them that said that Jesus um, was not human. And there's another sect that says that Jesus wasn't deity. So it's kind of uh, convoluted in all their belief systems, as you would imagine. But he's addressing this and understanding that, indeed, Jesus Christ came in the form of a, of a man. In chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And we talked about that several weeks ago, about testing the spirits. And one of the, thing, one of the tests for anybody that comes preaching and teaching is this test. Do you believe that Jesus Christ was born of a, of a woman, was, was in the flesh? And that's very important because some try to deny that uh, and, and, and couch him in some kind of other role as a, as a ghost or as a, just a spirit or a manifestation. Scripture tells us that he was born of a woman, that he was flesh. And that's important in understanding that as we are flesh, so was our Lord. And subject to all the um, temptation, yet he did not sin. And that's important in understanding uh the degree of which the sacrifice that he was. he was. He was capable of sin, yet he did not. So that makes him that perfect sacrifice for our sin. So there's the test of belief, and, and if we um, deny any of these things, that Jesus is the Christ, that he's the Son of God, that he has come in the flesh, then we're a liar. And as John says, antichrist, those who are against Christ. Those who go against his teaching and go against him. And it's impossible for us then to have fellowship in God if we deny these simple truths. So belief is very important uh, in our Christianity. The second thing here that is mentioned is uh, the test of love. If you look there at the second part of verse 1, it says, And whoever loves the father loves the child born of him. So what what does that mean? And then then also in verse 2, the first part says, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and observe his commandments. So the love that we have is very important. It's right in there with our belief. The love that we have. um, Look over in John's Gospel in chapter 13. Look over to John chapter 13 for just a moment. You know, um, Jesus is going to make this, this point about loving one another um, as he talks to his disciples and he's going to make loving one another a mark of discipleship in john chapter 13 verse 34 and 35 he says a new commandment i give to you that you love one another even as i have loved you that you also love one another by this all uh, men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another so how important it is for us to love one another. Well, that's how we show that we are disciples of Christ. That we love one another. And that is a test of our authentic Christianity, is indeed that we love one another. Um, over in chapter 15, um, Jesus says, that it's going to tell us that love proves that we are his friends. In chapter 15, uh, in verses 12 through 14, it says, This is my commandment that you love one another. There it is again love one another. Just as I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Very important to remember about that last part. If you do what I command you. We'll talk about that more in just a moment. But look over verse 17. It says, this I command you that you love one another. So it's not Jesus just saying you ought to love one another. It will be a good idea for you to love one another. I think you should love one another. No. He says, I command you. And that plays into John's writing now. And go back over into 1 John. How important is that, that we love one another? Whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. So not only do we love the Father, but we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's a mark of being a disciple in him. Um, John has already stressed the idea of brotherly love. Just a few passages here to look at. Look at chapter 2 and verse 10. It says in 1 John, it says, The one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. This is a common theme that runs through this letter. Chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God nor the one who does not love his brother. So there's a warning there in not loving our brother. In uh, ch- verse 14 of chapter 3, it says, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does the love abides in death. Um, who does not love abides in death. Again, there's the warning. And in chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. See how important it is that we love one another. It's a, common, it's a, it's a, a, a theme that John stresses here in this writing. So that's very important in, um, in our Christianity. We have to believe those things about God and about his Son, and we have to love And the third part of this is um, the the test of obedience. Remember what we said there when Jesus said, this is a commandment I give to you, you keep my commandments. How important is it um, to keep the commandments of God? Well, it's very important. If we look there in 1 John 5, the end of verse 2, it says, when we love God and observe his commandments. So here's the three parts of the test. Belief, love, and obedience. It's very important that we understand that. Obedience is necessary. It's necessary for fellowship with the Father. Without obedience, we cannot be in fellowship with the Father. It's uh, important in knowing Jesus. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Be my friends, as he he mentioned there, we, we talked about there from John chapter 15. In loving God. We're going to talk more about that, the connection between obeying God and loving God. There's a direct connection in there. Abiding in Jesus. It's important that we uh, obey him so that we might abide in him. And having our prayers answered. Look there in chapter uh, 3, verse 22 of 1 John. It says, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. That's the way our prayers are going to be answered if we're obedient to him. So it's important to be obedient. It's it's part of um, the life of a Christian. Now John stresses obedience to God is essential in loving essential in loving the children of God and loving God himself. So in all the, the things that he has stressed in the previous, previously, now here in 1 John 5, he says in verse 2 again, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. You see that connection there. So that we prove um, we, we love the children of God when we love God. Lots of people can love God. But there's a conjunction there. And keep his commandments. How very important that little word and there is. Keeping his commandments demonstrates that we indeed love God. Move on in the text now. Let's read verses uh, 3 through 5. So there was, what we stressed there was the three things. Belief and love and obedience. Now we're going to talk about putting that uh, to practice what it means the child of God, and what it ultimately means in overcoming the world. In verse 3, it says, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Verse 4, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And he, uh, and who is the, one who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. See how all these things are connected and tied together. So here we talk about uh, true love is keeping God's commandments. Verse 3, and that's one, if you don't have underlined in your Bible, you might think about underlining that one. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. See how that's tied together, the love that we have for God. And the love that He has for us is 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 rooted in obedience. Um, lots of people, uh, well, let, let's we'll get to that in just a moment. Love and obedience cannot be separated. It cannot be separated. If we love God, we'll keep His commandments. If we're keeping His commandments, then that means that we're love that we love God. We're directly connected to one another. To do the one, uh, to do one is to do the other. Ought to be they're equal. We love God, we'll keep his commandments. We're keeping God's commandments, it shows that we love God. They're equal. To do one is to do the other. Uh, And we cannot do one of them properly without doing the other. And and the practical application of this is uh, what we sometimes refer to as going through the motions. You know, we can show up here on uh, Sundays and Wednesdays and 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 check the boxes, so to speak. We're here. Yeah, we're here. And and that's count me as as in attendance. But are we really following what God would have us to do? Do we love God in what we are doing? Are we here just to check the box, to check the attendance off of our uh, off of our own checklist? Or are we here because we love God and we want to keep his commandments? We want to be pleasing to him. We are interested in spiritual things and want to be engaged in Bible study and encouraging one another. That's why we come together, to worship God, yes, but also to encourage one another, to be together, and to share and and to celebrate the fellowship that we have in Christ Jesus. So we can't do one of them without the other. And then the other side of that is we can say we love God. We can say that all day long. But do our actions prove it? Are we doing the things that we ought to be doing? Are we being obedient to him and practice putting into practice the love that we have for God So you see how those things are connected it says there in verse four for whatever I'm sorry the end of verse three, we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. You know I hadn't really given this a whole lot of thought to this study but This idea that his commandments are not burdensome, it means that they're not heavy, that they're not oppressive, and they're not difficult to fulfill. And why might we say that? Well, think about if they were. Think about if God's commandments were difficult, and they were a heavy load on us, and they were hard to to fulfill. Um, It would mean that we couldn't demonstrate our love for God. Because we've already made that connection between obedience and love. So what if the things that God asks us to do were so burdensome that we couldn't do them? Then all of a sudden our love for God starts to fade. But he tells us here, his commandments are not burdensome. The things that he asks us to do are not so burdensome that, that, that we cannot fulfill them. Now, you might say that, well that's all well and good, but there's some things that are hard to do. Well, are they really? Is it really hard to live the life of a Christian? Think about the things that you benefit from. Think about uh, the fellowship that we enjoy. Think about the blessings that we enjoy in Christ. Isn't that worth giving up the things of the world? To me, that's easy. To me, that's a no-brainer. But I know that some have trouble with those things, and, and certainly there's things in this world that are That are uh, hard to give up. Think of the reward on the other side. And also think about what our Lord said in Matthew 11. Similar to what John is speaking of here. Our Lord said, Come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Doesn't that sound exactly like what John is speaking of here? Jesus is not asking us to do anything that's so terribly burdensome that we can't accomplish it. Think about all the the people of the Bible and the things that they accomplished because they were uh, following after God and doing what he said. Some of those things he asked were pretty difficult, but they weren't so difficult that man couldn't achieve them. And certainly under the law of Christ, he doesn't ask anything of us that we can't fulfill. His commandments are not burdensome. Jesus says, come to me uh, take your rest. I am gentle and humble of spirit. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I think we can take great comfort in that in knowing that God's not going to ask us to do those things that are so burdensome that we can't do it and therefore, therefore diminish the love that we might have for him. As we're going through these and 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 we go back to the the three the threefold test the belief the love and the obedience most people today really don't have a a problem with the first two with belief and love if you ask most people um, in the world um, about God a good number of them would probably say they believe in God maybe a little bit smaller number might say they love God but where they really have the hard time is that third part. Um, they're not quite as apt to adhere to the obedience part of it. Sure, I believe in God. Sure, I love God. And you've probably heard this. I, you know, I worship God in my own way. Well, as we've just demonstrated, God expects you to worship him the way he wants to be worshiped. He expects you to be obedient to him. So that third part of the the test here that that we're talking about here is is harder for people of the world to to adhere to. It's that obedience that they have a real trouble with. But demonstrating all three of these, belief, love, and obedience, uh, provides for our faith. Think about the context in which we're talking here. Verse 4 again. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world Our faith. You see, so this is not just uh, proverbial speak here, if if you will. This is not uh, some ideas that that might be good for you to put into practice. This is how you build your faith. This is how you overcome the world. And to me, that's pretty powerful. Our belief in God, our love for one another, and our obedience to God. That's how we overcome the world, because we build our faith on that. How much can our faith accomplish? Well, it can overcome the world. What does that mean? It means that we can be living in this world without being a part of it. And we can be separate from this world. We can come out of the world and worship God and, and, and be a part of the kingdom while we have time here on earth. So we can overcome the world. And things are going to happen to us. We're going um, to lose loved ones. We're going to suffer financially from time to time. We're going to, all of the above. But what is John telling us here? Our faith can overcome all that. So how important is it? How important is our faith? And how important it is to believe and to, and to love and to be obedient to God? The one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God overcomes the world. It says that in verse 5. And who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So we're kind of back to where we started. Back to where we started, back there in verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And whoever loves the Father loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. All that's tied together in our faith. So what's um, what's so important about our faith? Well, John tells us in this context that it's able to overcome the world by having faith, by believing in God, believing in Jesus Christ and who He is, loving one another, and, and remaining obedient to God. With that much faith, we can overcome the world. I think that's pretty powerful. We'll stop there for tonight. As I mentioned, we'll pick up next week and perhaps the next week following and finish up 1 John. So important are these words of God not one word should be overlooked not one word should be taken for granted because the words if you think about uh, life's instruction book the words are precious in this aren't they so we ought to to think about that and think about how precious each word is and give it its due in each passage of scripture to really dig and to really understand what's being communicated to us by the holy spirit We offer an invitation, as we always do at the close of our time. If you need the prayers of the congregation, if you have something that that we can help you with, we would love to be able to do that. Whatever your needs might be, you can let them be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.